Music presents Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And we're moving on to our second of our Sweetwater interviews. We'll tell you all about her in just a moment. And I'll tell you about my my experience with a street person. That's right. Jennifer Hartswick is our subject on this interview, but we'll get into her. Yeah, she plays with Trey and Asiago Band. She plays with Christian McBride. She plays with a bunch of other musicians. Jeff Very Coffin. versatile. Jeff Coffin, Seth's, Seth's boyfriend. But uh, Rob, lots of news right now. Lots of things going on. Lots. Going yeah, we got to get to one quick festival elephant in the room, Mister Festival. <laughs> you got from Edmonton Oiler Country. You got this Pemberton Music Festival that just canceled its 2017 event and is looking to file bankruptcy and not feel obligated to pay back ticket holders for their purchase tickets. That's right. People that purchase tickets are not getting refunds. Now, I would think festivals in general would be upset with this because it's going to have a chilling effect on anybody buying any tickets to any festival ever. And not just that. I mean, think about the credit card industry as well. Uh, most people are, well, these purchases are going through credit cards. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know I mean? And these, I say this because if you think about it, I mean, my business, I, I deal with this and you know, the credit card companies are going to make it harder and harder for people to uh, to do this. It makes you kind of wonder, like, why why would the what festivals when they when they work with a ticketing company, they most of them are working at a deal and arrangement that the ticketing company is going to hold a percentage, but give them a percentage back. So it might be seventy five percent of the funds that the ticket company is collecting, they're going to give right away to the festival, so the festival has money for their operational costs. Right, but. Really, if you're going to put on a festival, you should have enough money to put on the festival because you should be prepared. That. You should be prepared to lose money your first two or three festivals, correct? Uh-huh. And an event like this, I you know, an event like this, they had they had financial backers, and it looks like the backers probably said we've taken a hit the last couple of years. It's We're over. getting out of Dodge. Yeah, but you know We're who getting out of Festy Dodge. You know what sucks is the company that that was producing the event, Hookah Productions, that was the company that started Hangout Music Festival. They're behind Tortuga and several other events. You know, this company, they do all the booking, they do all the hiring for the, you know, festival management, and then their their partners are the ones putting up the money. Who's going to look bad here? Their partners are like these invisible people to, to us, and then, unfortunately, you know, the, this company gets the hit. You know, if you were a talent, if you were a, if you were a talent agent, would you sell that company? Your band again? I probably would not. I would be trepidatious. 
And it sucks for the ticket holders, man. Like, you know, you purchase something, the show doesn't happen, you don't get your money back. But what about the festivals that assess things properly and now their tickets are affected by a, you know, a festival that wasn't prepared for, you know, uh, uh, one of the potential eventualities? Yeah, well, that's the question. And with the credit card companies, it gets trickier and trickier because they're, they get stricter and stricter. And who knows? I mean, you, again, I come back to the fact that most events re- need this money to be able to put on the event. They need the ticket revenue to pay for the event. And if they don't, if they don't have access to that, I mean, it's like a band, guys. Look, you, if you think you see that band on stage, you got to recognize that that band's been paid, if not everything up front, a good deposit. Where do they get the money for the deposit? Typically from pre-sales of tickets. So you're paying for the tickets. That money's going to pay the bands. The bands are getting paid, so now they're going to show up. The show happens. Money's made. Everyone's paid. Ah. Speaking of festivals, before we move on, what, what festivals are you looking for volunteers for right now? For uh is it work exchange team? Yes. Uh, we're actually looking for fan staff, where it's the fan staff program where workers get paid nice. for their time. Nice. And that's Firefly Music Festival, Dover, Delaware, and Electric, Electric Forest is the uh, back-to-back. We have uh, several different opportunities, and you can find all these opportunities at workexchangeteam.com. So it's funny. I was talking about my friends Aaron and Celia, who came out of their way on the way home. All from, your friends, I love that from Wani. They went came to see Break Science at uh, the 420 Festival, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was a great set. We already talked about that, though. But uh, it's funny as we cut segments, we're going to see Rufus Du Soul tonight, and then Zyda Funk at Good Old Vista Room. Charlie Wooden, Wooden in the house, huh? Yes, he's not in Atlanta enough anymore. Charlie Wooden's a bassist who's. Used to play all all over town and lived here. I actually got to know him for a while and his uh, wife, Tracy. Uh, but they're New Orleansers now. Yeah. <clears throat> Where my wife and son are right now for a wedding. Because tomorrow, folks, guess what? I'll say it really fast. That's what I'm going to I'm going to auctioneer school tomorrow. I'm going to start with 10 days. I'm going to sold to. How fast am I going to get sick of this? I'm going to call you on my way home every day. Hey, Rob, I'm going to 25 now, and I'm going to 85 now, and I'm going to 75, and I'm going to die 20, and I'm going to home. Just stick cassettes in every few words. And all. Uh, in other news, yes, we all know about the recent passing of Chris. Uh, Chris Cornell, yes. As we speak, we're just, uh, this is the day after. Yep. Spooky that the last song he played was In My Time of Dying. Um you know, they say it was suicide. Uh, his wife came out today saying that it was uh, that was suicide, but it had something to do with the pills he was taking. He took too many of them, and uh, these these are medication he was on that uh, you know that uh, recovering addicts uh, take apparently. And there's side effects such as suicidal thoughts and sure, all this stuff. Right. But w- who knows what what really happened? But folks, I, I want to bring this up. I want to bring gone. this up. Only fifty two. If you are somebody that is even considering suicide. I strongly urge you to call the Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Know that there's, you might feel down in the dumps. Talk to somebody. That's a great resource there for you guys to, to use. But Or listen to this podcast because we love you. Yes, we love our listeners. So if you're feeling down and out, just keep listening to our show and we'll be, we're your friends. Yeah. We're right here. Well, on that note, Rob. Speaking of friends... Jennifer Hartswick. Yes. The who, delightful, the elegant. Who we mention Reagan Marsher by everything but name. Now, when we talk about how we have a mutual friend, that's who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Reagan, T-E-T-I, uh, Marsher. We call Marsha? her plus 12. 
Can I say why we call her plus 12? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you go ahead? She's the only person I know who can get on the guest list at Fish plus 12. <laughs> that's why we call her plus 12. Wow. And you know this for I don't a fact? Even, I don't even think family members of the band. That's, that's the power of the Reagan. Wow. So, yeah, Jennifer... She's got so much going on. She is such so a much going on. Vivacious presence. She's so full of life and happiness, and she appreciates that she's been able to play her music her whole life. There's zero attitude. It's all confidence, um, and just she's very fun to talk to and be around. Oh yeah, and her story is so fascinating. I mean, when you listen to her story about, well, I'm not going to tell you her story, but when well, you we listen, can talk about that after. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll bring we'll we'll bring that back, but I'll stop there. Put a pin in it. But this this interview took place shortly after I, I met that gentleman. You know, I don't mind people asking me for money on the street, Seth. Yeah, but when I ask you, why can't you give me a dollar, a penny, a, a penny, Rob? You got that? Who back. has pennies? Usually, I'm asking you money for money. What are you talking about? That's true. No, but this guy was wearing. I, don't be wearing sneakers that are worth more money than I pay for rent a month. What is that? He's got these bright orange sneakers that look like you could show a movie on them. Probably a good living. You should actually consider doing that. What, the yeah. sneaker bar or the begging? The begging in downtown Atlanta. I'd rather hand people something than ask to be handed something, even if it's a flyer. Why don't you just put a thing, say, you can hire me or you can pay me now? <sighs> Why don't we just get this podcast more listeners and, and get money through this? Well, if you are a listener and you want to be a sponsor, it's not too late. You can email us at insideoutwtns at gmail.com. Or just tell a friend or just review it on iTunes. But... Um, this is Jennifer Hartswick. She's just recorded some stuff with Christian McBride. We get into that right away. She uh, was really nice of her to come. We, we we were a few blocks away from the festival. She came all the way over with our with our buddy Clancy, and then I get to walk her back and have a groovy conversation. and uh, And then we'll tell you about what happened right after the interview. After the interview. And Rob, last week we had a yes. contest in our episode. Oh, do we have answers? The where did Rob screw up? And guess right, what? We've got two. So we're going to stick we'll around at the end, end folks. We'll we're going to go ahead end. and read these two answers and we're going to tell you. This could be. I screw up in this one too, don't I? Yes, I do screw something up in this. Do you want to do another where did Rob screw up? I want to do that every day of my life. Well, I like that you don't even know. Our listeners know and you don't. That's part of the fun of the game. Oh. Well. <laughs> Well, well. By the way, folks, I keep saying by the way, but before we before we go into the Jennifer Hartswick, I want to just mention that I walked into our slow down. Our, don't be like me on that tribute episode and talk hundred miles an hour. Walked into the studio where we recorded. Was, I got to apologize. I was at my most unprofessional during that tribute, and the day after we spent a day in the Fox and Seth did his finest performance ever on the show, interviewing oh. one after another. I I dropped my worst, but. Uh, sleep deprived and in sadness. But it was emotional. But what I'm saying? saying is that I walked in, folks. I walked in. It was like walking in to someone like watching something that's really embarrassing. So Rob Turner here oh, was watching Leonard Skinner tribute tour, and it was loud. I mean, he was rocking out to Skinner, and then I'm like, Rob, maybe you want to you know turn that off. We can record. And he's like, No, I got to finish the song. It's part of the purge. Yeah, he wanted to cut off Freebird in the middle of it. Yeah, you should never cut Freebird. You know, here. it's kind of a cheesy documentary, um, but it was it was all right. You know, at least I checked it out. It was on video cassette. All right, folks, Jennifer Hartwig. Nice instrumental at the end of Freebird there. All right, folks, Jennifer Hartwig. <laughs>
We're back here, or up here, or around here, but we're here. We're here. With Jennifer Hartswick at the Sweetwater 420 Festival. And she is kicking back, making herself comfortable, which is a good sign. She's ready to talk. I'm ready. I'm ready to divulge. There's so much to talk about. I mean, that's, I mean, geez, Rob and I were doing our research last night. Oh, boy. We talked about you for a while. Everything on the internet is true, so whatever you discovered is definitely true. (laughs) But can we... Since it's since it's our show, we can start with our nerd wheelhouse, right? Yes, go ahead. Dude, she recorded with Christian McBride. I love that that's in your nerd wheelhouse. <laughs> I love because that's in my nerd wheelhouse. I know you've been listening since you were fifteen years old, right? Yeah, I was like obsessed with him. Yeah. With which particular Christian McBride did you hear first? Um, I mean, he had two records that came out back to back in whenever it was, probably ninety four and ninety five. Um, that I was obsessed with and then I definitely bought at least two or three times because they got scratched because remember CDs um, yeah then I wore those out and he was just a sort of a, a figure in my life obviously unbeknownst to him but as a kid I you know I I spent money to go see him one time it was a huge deal you know when I was 15 or 16 years, years old uh, but anyway we ended up I've been a fan of his for for 15 17 years before we actually got to meet and then we got put on the same gig together in New Orleans and that, that was it that was, it was about, over about 3-4 years ago about right? 4 years ago probably now yeah who put together that gig whose idea was that Nigel Hall right on Nigel, Nigel. right on Nigel always, always up to something Nigel <laughs> so what was true. that gig what, did, did you get to uh, off in the New Orleans was it around Jazz Fest it wasn't around Jazz Fest it was for uh, DJ Soul Sister's birthday um, and we did it at Tips and it was sort of a tribute to all the James Brown stuff you don't know. Um, and that's mm. it, very much in Christian's wheelhouse, Nigel's wheelhouse, and Soul Sister's wheelhouse. Say, that's, they, that's, they share that that's hugely. Uh, and so we put a, he put a band together, and we went down and knocked that out. And well, When you say knock it out, did you get time to rehearse? Uh, uh, a little. Yeah. <laughs> the morning of, one of those, you well, know. And that's a subject that I do want to... I'm going to pencil that in, or... Pin it, or whatever you want to call it. But sure, we're gonna come back it. to that because there's there's something on the, on the whole putting the band together, yeah. rehearsing thing. So we'll, I want to get to that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk more about Christian first. So so you play that gig. Yeah. I mean, were you improvising off? Were you leaving the structure of the songs? Like uh, like how loose was, did it go? I was very much a like a hired situation. Nigel was at the helm. Was great. Um, you know, he chose the songs, and um, the night was super energetic. <laughs> By the end of the show, he was he was like, "Wow, I really, I really get." Why James Brown did a bunch of drums? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm exhausted right now. <laughs> Fell over on stage. He's like, I don't, I don't know if I could do an encore. <laughs> you wimp. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, love, I love you. Although that wimp does one of the best James Brown imitations I've um, ever seen. That wimp does. Oh, I feel bad now saying that wimp. Oh, uh, he wouldn't care. No, he's he the wouldn't greatest. care. He does a hell of a Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling, <laughs> but literally dancing on the ceiling. Yeah, he literally does that. No, he's. My my favorite living singer. I mean, I, I feel like I can say that. I just talked to him last night. I feel like I can make fun of him, and he would do the same to me. That's high praise. You work with mm-hmm. a lot of great singers. I do, but he's. I mean, come on, he's so good. Anyway, so we had that night, and then um, Christian was all the way at the other end of the stage. I was all the way at the other end of the stage, and then you know we just sort of vibed all night. Everybody vibed all night, and then. At the end of the gig, in front of everybody, he said, Hey, man, I want you to promise me something. I said, Okay. And 
He said, I need you to pinky swear me that we'll be friends forever. And he pinky swore me in front of a sold out crowd at wow. Sips. I was like, Dad, okay, we're cool. And we've been like family ever since. We talk all the time and make music, and he's the best. I love him. Yeah, as much as I love Fish, hardcore Fish fan for a long, long time. That makes Trey the second most impressive musician she's ever worked with. <laughs> so now you I don't rate them. I can't I can't rate them. I know, I'm just not really ranking just more well, trying, are, to, trying to express my Christian enthusiasm. Yeah. You're the fan. No, I'm all I'm about the fan that. side. I'm and I'm the fan side that. too. Yeah. He's industry side, I'm fan journalism. Right, you're allowed to. Yes. So and then um how do we get from there to you recording in the barn with him? What what happens in between? There's about eighteen months in between, right? Mm. Well, is there? Yeah, Res- did you play research it all? In- guy? Did you play it all in between? Um, nope. No, we just kind of kept in touch and and um, we saw each other a couple times. I go see if when I was in town, he you know he's always playing somewhere, somewhere. Um, so I went to go see him a couple times, and we kind of kept in touch. And I had it in my head. I had this whole elaborate plan because I, on that gig, he hadn't heard me sing. I just played trumpet and. I had this whole plan worked out with Nick Casarino, who's the other guy on the record. The drummer. Um, the not drummer. The guitar player. Oh, dr- so it's um, guitar and bass? He gets, and he gets guitar and drums mixed up. I, d- really? I did not realize it was guitar, bass, and trumpet. Because mm-hmm. I've not yet heard it. I know you haven't. Okay. <laughs> or else I would have researched it. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you be singing me my own songs right now. You're welcome to email it to me if you want. Okay, fine, fine. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so I had it in my head that, that I, Nick and I were going to go demo some of these songs. Like, I wanted to make a record with him, you know, for whatever, for 20 years. But um, I decided that I would get together with Nick and we would demo some of these new songs. And I would send it to Christian and be like, is this anything you might be interested in? <laughs> and like, I would never want to use... You know, I want him to do it because musically he wants to do it. I don't want him to do me a favor because we're friends. That's not what I'm after at all. And so Nick and I had set a date and we were going to video it. And we were going to work out all these songs or whatever. And the the day before we were going to re- record these things, I got a text from Christian with just the a picture of my last album cover. <laughs> and he was like, uh, what? Why didn't you tell me you could sing like that? Oh. <laughs> I was like, man, the universe is just so <laughs> on top of its shit. So anyway, I was like, oh, you know. Anyway, in the last, the last line of that text was, you know, we need to make a record sometime, right? Or I need to be on your next record, right? I was like, yep, I do. <laughs> and so we made a date right there and... Maybe four months later, we were up at the barn. It took about four months for to get his photos off the wall. (laughs) (laughs) But one thing, our listeners, a window into who Jennifer Hartswick is. Can I open the window? Uh, Not in this. It's a hotel. People jump out, so hotels can't do that anymore. It's very hot. It's very hot outside. Very, very hot. She shows up two or three days early and starts cooking food for the musicians. How do you know these things? You, you How do you know? Dude, that what is, does it say on the internet? <laughs> you said everything was true. I did. It's totally true. We'll get to the barnyard stuff later. That's weird. <laughs> no, but seriously. That's true. So they show up and you're ready to feed them. You've got the yeah. songs ready to go. Yeah. It's like... If we're going to do it, let's do it. No, if, it's a, if, it's a gonna, if you're going to do like a salsa vibe... Come on, you, you, you do some hot sauces and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll make some from scratch hot sauces. That's yeah, a good no, subject. but I think that Wait, that's... Wait, do you really, do you know how to make hot sauces from scratch? We have a new activity next year. Mm-hmm. We do. I won't talk about it, Rob. But, but I, 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 <laughs> Industry stuff that we're not allowed <laughs> well, to talk about. Well, he talks about jam careers every 20 minutes. <laughs> um, why, I, I mean, wouldn't you? 
I just want to make it clear that I did not say yes. I know how. To, I just indicated that I did, but that's not true. I don't know how to make hot sauce. Well, you'd like to learn, though. But I would like to learn, but I am a pretty mean cook. I will say that. Just use Bob Weir. He, he, he makes a great hot sauce. Okay, great. We'll link up. But isn't there's a thing as a, as a cook, mm-hmm. there's like a spiritual thing to it, too, right? Like you're feeding, you're giving people the nutrition. It's very much the same to me as like creatively in the kitchen, being able to make something out of nothing, being able to take ingredients that don't belong together, whatever. That whole thing is very similar to me. Uh, Improvisation, to, to, similar to, to music, yeah. weird, right? Yeah, I never guess. Yeah. But also feeding the musicians, yeah. and then then it, is it kind of bonding? Yeah, absolutely. Well, People that. were so psyched that you know, and I think just eating together in general, you know, yeah. when you spend all day in the studio together and you kind of working your butt off, it's really nice to sit down together and have a meal, and and uh, especially if someone that you loved cooked it. Breaking bread. Yeah, yeah, people always said that as a kid. I was like, "What are you talking about?" But then you yeah. get older. It's like, yeah, I mean, you, best meetings you have are over meals. Yeah. Best conversations you have are over drinks. Yeah, during a meal, before, or after, you know, a couple of drinks. Yeah, but but that's uh, yeah, and to to feed folks though. Yeah, now, now you're inside them. So then, how many songs do you record? Is there a lot of stretching, or is it more about the song? Or no, it was kind of it was more about the songs, um, and everything was you know really brand new. Nothing was anything that we had ever. Uh, played live or sort of worked out before so we were all learning at the same time I mean I had a pretty good idea of where I wanted things to go but um, we kind of just let it happen as it wanted to happen and and uh, the let we had we had essentially wrapped the session and um, we were eating our last meal together and I just sort of had this idea that I really wanted to do a duet with Christian just voice and base hmm. and we were halfway through dinner and he was sitting right across from me and i just kind of went i was like can you <sighs> could you do me a favor maybe he's like what i said eh, could you fulfill like a like a high school fantasy for me <laughs> and he got a weird look on his face as he should have and i was like no it's musical in nature he said, that's weird yeah he said that's weird uh and i was like can you know can we go do a duet and he put his fork down he's like let's go right now and I was like, no no let's eat and finish, no, let's finish but, yeah. but we did and we and it was the last thing that was recorded and it was you know it's like everybody was there but on the couch and it was just the two of us and and we uh recorded a duo that we you know took original not original. And you don't want to divulge it. I kind of don't. Van Morrison's? Um, <laughs> All right, let's go back. Because it's funny, Our last, we just talked to Jared from the Dirty Heads, and he came from a family, no music in the house. Mm-hmm. This is the complete opposite. Jennifer mm-hmm. grew up in a house with just, everyone didn't just play music, they played all, all of instruments. All the music. All of the music happened in my house, yep. And all different instruments, mm-hmm. right? But somehow you settled on trumpet. For I the did. most part. It took me a while. It took me a lot. I won't say a while, but it took me a lot of instruments to get there first. My mom was one of five kids. Both her parents were musicians. Uh, all five kids musicians, and every single person except for her a brass player. She was the only person who played clarinet and flute. She's wicked, man. And uh, and so she thought, all right, ha, you know, my brother played trumpet. I was I was the last hope to play a woodwind instrument, and so she gave me a clarinet and a flute and a saxophone, and I played piano, and this is all before I was nine. And then I was playing the alto sax one day, and my grandma came over, and she says, you, you have too much hot air to play that thing, and she brought me a tuba. And I was like, well, this is really so much cooler <laughs> than the other things that I have been brought. And so I started playing tuba, and then my uncle was a music teacher, and um, he said, you know, I need a trumpet player in my jazz band, and can you just... And he Tighten just up. he gave me a <laughs> he gave me a trumpet and that was it. I was like, no, this is the one. 
this is the most pain in the ass piece of metal that I could possibly have picked. But this, that was the one that stuck. Uh. My poor mom. So you go <laughs> when you go into high school, you're already an accomplished musician. I mean, do you just do you just leave other musicians in the dust? No, we were blessed with a really, really incredible program, Tell fe- me, theater who, program, and and this? high school program in rural Vermont. I mean, my town had 400 people in it growing up. Um, and the school system was, you know, the surrounding 15 towns mm. were in a school together. I mean, it was super rural. And um, my uncle taught the basically the middle school program, and he was incredible. He's an incredible trombone player, went to Eastman, um, just a wonderful teacher, and, and made kids do things that no middle school kids should ever be able to do. And then once they went to high school, the guy at our high school was also amazing. Hi, John Patton. Um, and sort of just took off, took over where, where he left off. And, um, I mean, the caliber of musician in that high school jazz band was, like, you know, m- more accomplished than most colleges. Yeah. It was bananas. Yeah. Is it known in the area? So when you perform, a lot area, of people come yeah, out? Yeah, 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 in the area. It's still a pretty well-kept secret. I mean... But I mean, when you to the ref- rest of the country, but did you not only get used to playing, but also because people at least some knew about it, you were also getting used to performing in yeah, front of people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Any other uh, mm-hmm. anyone else come out of the program that uh, that um, would recognize here? Maybe not that you guys would recognize, but definitely well respected mm-hmm. folks. You know, working in New York all the time, and yeah, it's a lot of a, a lot of great stuff happened up there. Also, because there's not really anything else to do. It's like Seattle. Yeah, it's like say, eight months like of winter. Yeah, so you just practice. Mm-hmm. And so, when, when, and where does Anastasio discover you? He did someone find you for him? Did Grippo find you? Who found you? Yeah, Grippo. I had been playing with. So Grippo taught in South Burlington. Wait, we should say Dave Grippo, a very accomplished sax player, was uh, in Trey Trey's band. Mm-hmm. Was um, part of the Giant Country Horns. who mm-hmm. used to sit in with Fish. He's actually goes way back to the '80s with Fish. Yep. Okay. And I met Grip at uh, a festival that was the. I guess is the. We used to in high school do one competition a year. Um, we weren't really. Nobody really enjoyed doing competitions. We thought music competitions were kind of stupid. Um, and so we did one a year, and Grip was the judge that year. It was my junior year of high school. And he came backstage, and I had not met him, but he was he's a legend. I mean, everybody knows him in that state. And uh, he came back, and he's like, hi, I'm Dave Grippo. And I said, I know. <laughs> and he said, you are having way too much fun on stage for me to not be next to you having that much fun on stage. Do you want to be in my band? And I said, yeah. He said, I have a jazz sextet, which eventually led to me playing in an incredible funk band with him. And that's where all of my knowledge of James Brown and Al Green and all that kind of stuff was. Yes. What was the name of that band? (laughs) That's the Grippo Funk Band. Okay. Um, And uh, so that's where I got a lot of education about that kind of music. But um, and so Dave, my relationship with Dave started in 1996. And um, and. Probably, I guess, in 98, Trey was making his first solo record, and uh, he needed a trumpet player and asked Grippo who to get. He's like, oh, man, you haven't met Jen yet. You're going to love Jen. And I came, and I did a session with them. We've been working together ever since. I was a senior in high school. I got asked, though, when was the first time you stepped on stage live with Trey? Live was that first tour that we did with Horn, so probably 2000. I don't know. Were you petrified? I was really? too young to know. I was too young to know that I should be scared. Would you agree that 
with regard to off the map ensemble improv, that there was more of it going on in Trey Band then than there is now. Sure. And you were really, really young. Was that element of the playing new to you? The improvisation part? At, at that time, yeah. When you were, you're, how old are you? 19? I was, at yeah, 1920, something like that. Which, by the way, that's how old Natalie was when she joined. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I was, I had been exposed to a bunch of stuff at that point. I mean, I, I was always in a band in high school. We were always improvising. We weren't, you know, some kids play sports. We played music. And, and on all of our off time, you know, we had all formed bands. I had a band with my brother when I was in third grade called The Second Generation because our parents were musicians. <laughs> I think funny. I actually played bass in that band. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it just, just like, it's, it was all very normal to me. And even though the size of the crowd was different, being on stage was not weird to me. And, and being asked to do things that were that were spur of the moment was not weird to me. Um, I also grew up, my mom had a, an incredible theater program for kids my whole life. She founded this theater program. And so I was always on stage and always playing a different character. And, and we do two huge musicals a year and for the first 20 years of my life. So I was always on a stage of some sort. Um, and so that's, that's never weirded me out. But Now she's Anastasio. I'm the Anastasio. Hey! So... Uh, Playing trumpet all this uh, all that time. When, when did you start to sing then? When I always you? sang. Yeah, I think Black Dog came out that first tour, did it? That you were doing. Mm. That was later. No, that was later. Um, no, I mean I always grew up singing, playing mm-hmm. and singing, kind of. Oh, I thought you were hand asking hand with hand. No, no, no. I was in general, in general, at least. Yeah. And performing in the jazz band, were you singing also? No, I didn't sing in the jazz band, um, but I always sang in choruses and in shows and. All that kind of stuff. I actually, when I applied to college, I applied as a jazz major and an opera major. Weird to think that my life would have gone the other way. So then, what with the playing of trumpet, um, you're you're sought out. I mean, everyone wants everyone wants you to sit in with them. So it's got to be nice to be able to have the voice to be able to kind of chill the amateur off for a little bit and give yeah, it some rest. Yeah, it's it's cool to be able to do both, it, and it, it also probably employs me a little more than it would the average. You know, you can hire me to do two jobs. Mm-hmm. Do you get paid double? Who's your manager? He no needs to comment. Fix it. <laughs> One of the things I really like about your singing is when you're getting really muscular with it, you'll sometimes end your phrasing with like a little squeal to wow. like provide the vulnerability to less like a contrast to it. Wow. I think that really... Do you it, want to write a review of my record? Well, sure. <laughs> We'd love to. Yeah, as long as you do that on the record, though. I, what I, if you don't? I'm you sure I do. do. <laughs> I'm sure I do. for two different things. I I, yeah, see? And we're all double dipping. Can we go back to the first tour, though? Because Trey, Trey and, and Russell... It's a really long time ago, man. Yes, of course. I know, but they're feeling their way through themselves. So are you getting feedback on an ongoing night, on a night-to-night basis at that point, on, on how things should be... I mean, they're all new songs, mostly new songs. Yeah, we were all just trying to figure it out. I mean, you know, they had done a trio tour, and then... You know, how I got involved in that band, some people know this story, but I was in school, I was in college, and I had quit for various reasons, and um, I didn't know what I was going to do, I didn't know where I was going to go, I was like, I'll just go back to my folks' place and figure it out, and I packed up my stuff, and this was in, I guess, 2000. I had my very first Nokia brick cell phone. And uh, I packed up my stuff, and I was 10 minutes out of the driveway of school, and Trey called, and I hadn't talked to him in a year and a half, probably, and, you know, he said... What are you doing? I said, I just quit school 10 minutes ago. He's like, cool. Uh, you want to be in my new band? And I was like, yeah, duh. He's like, can you come to the house right now? I was like, yeah, I'll be there in like four hours. But he's like, okay, cool. And that's, we wrote, you know, that was when um, 
you know, push on till the day. And like all those things were written like on that day. Wow. Night Speaks to a Woman? Yeah, all that stuff. It was all in that time period. And then we were on the road like two and a half weeks later. It was bonkers. And that was it. Like, Do you remember Austin City Limits? Yeah. Sure what, what are your memories from playing that? Um, I love Austin City Limits. It's the first time I've ever been booed. You got booed? Yeah, you want to know why? Yeah. Too bad. No, just kidding. Uh, I did. I got booed. I have never been. It's a very loving boo. Trey announced on stage that I was officially off the market because I had just gotten engaged and I got booed. Well, that's a nice boo. <laughs> I know. I'm not saying it was a real boo. Have you been booed since? No. Not, wow. not audibly. That's a pretty good record there. Do they give you a time constraint or do they leave it up to the artist to play as long as they want and then they call from what the artist chooses to play? I don't do remember? remember. I do not recall. Did you guys, did, did you see what ultimately aired? Probably when it happened. You don't remember if you played more, you didn't really care that much. I don't. I honestly, I don't care. I just don't um, make it a habit to watch stuff or listen to stuff like that. So like I said, Natalie Cressman, who's who's in the band now, Yeah. she joined... Uh, she was 18. Few, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you, did you help her along at first? Were you a guiding light for her at all or... She might tell you that, but I. She was very, very wise beyond her years, and you know what she was capable of was through the roof at that time in her life, and she's just excelled like a crazy woman. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think anytime you come into a new situation and you're that young, it helps to have somebody kind of, you know, on on your side. Um, I mean, everybody is so kind in that band and so welcoming and such such family, such uncles, you know? Like, anything you would ever need, you can go to anybody in that band, and nobody's... It's it's a really rare group of people. Do cover ideas ever come from you guys that actually see the stage? Yeah. Like, yep. what are some examples of ones? Um, last year, we kind of, on purpose, he kind of asked around, was like, you know, if you got any ideas, throw them out. Um, and I believe... What is Life and 49 Bye Byes both came out of that. I feel like Natalie suggested both of those, maybe. I don't know. Trey would remember. I don't remember. But she definitely suggested one of those. I definitely think the Portugal, the man cover, would play well in Atlanta. You can do the classic stuff down at Wandy. <coughs> well, classic rock stuff. You actually, we were talking about that the other day. There was a Portugal, the man, that, uh, where they had a song. Yeah, it, just, it was. It had been out about three weeks. Yeah. You guys go, who's idea was that? Natalie? No, it's totally Trey. That was Trey. No, Trey, right on Trey. Trey. You know the the funny thing is, man, that he just walks every day that he's in New York. He just walks for hours. It's and a great city in the world to walk in. It is, and puts on music and whatever. And he said he just said some Spotify radio station situation. He was just walking. He was like, "What is this song?" He's like, "I thought it was ten years old. I didn't know it was huh. like it had just come out." Wow. And so, uh, anyway, he hit up Natalie and me, and was like, do you guys like this song? And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like a James Bond version of uh, Mr. Postman. <laughs> anyway, uh, and so, you know, the next day, we're, we worked it out, and we played it, and hoped they liked it, and they loved it, so. Aren't you tempted to crack open the middle and go off on it? No. You think that one should stay? Yeah, you don't always need to do that. I know you don't. We, we crack and go off on that <laughs> Is it coming? 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 Is it co
All-Stars. Mm-hmm. That was incredible, but the energy that you guys were able to produce, you, Carl Denson, um, uh, it was Ivan Neville, uh, Krasno, and uh, who was on drums at that one? Uh, Terrence. Terrence, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was great, but it was like... Terrence Higgins? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, and it was like you guys... First of all, there wasn't probably that much practice, but no. you guys are able to just get up there. You know the tunes. Oh, and of course, Colonel Bruce Hampton. How could we forget I Colonel? Mean, come on! Uh, but you guys are able just to come together and play these songs yeah. at such a level. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with, like you said, when you started playing with Grippo, you're playing all these songs. So you have, but you you guys have such a memory. How do you do that? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of bonkers. I mean, you know, we will start an email dialogue a couple of days before we get down there and throw out some suggestions for songs. Some will stick, some won't. And, uh, you know, and then when you get down there, you kind of just ignore that the list ever happened and more songs appear. And then you realize that it's Mardi Gras and you're playing with Ivan and George. And then mm-hmm. it's just, you forget about it. You just, oh, George, you yeah. just sit there and grin like an idiot. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, we, the catalog of stuff that that's logged in everybody's brains is pretty extensive. Um, and then sometimes... You know, you learn new stuff. You just—I well, learn new stuff every single week. Mm-hmm. You know, like but you're able to bring this stuff back up. And with a horn section, it's got to be a little bit more difficult because you can't really bullshit a horn line, or maybe you can. I don't oh, know. Oh, sure you can, Seth. <laughs> really? I, I'm sure surprised you hear that too. Well, you just can. the way you guys—no, you can't you bullshit know. a classic line. No. But the 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 mind of a horn player that that uh, finds themselves in situations like that frequently. Um, you know, it's like we all we speak the same language, and and w- one of us will lean over, sing a line, uh-huh. and we'll play it. You know what I mean? It, as long as it's together, right? It, then it sounds like you have to. It practice sounds forever. like we really know what we're doing, and it's got to also <laughs> help. I mean, you're 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 one of the full time, not full time members of everyone of everyone orchestra. So the the idea of being able to do exactly that seems like it's probably gets you get a lot of practice throughout the year. Yeah, I think I get more practice in other places and would apply it in that situation. It's mm. been a long time since I played with an orchestra, but um, you know. But I mean, in in Trey's band, we do it fifty percent of the night. That's what we're doing, um, making stuff up on the fly, depending on how the how the music is going and what we think it needs and what we can add to it. Without you know, when you're talking about a, a machine that's eight people deep, you don't want to get in a, a people people's way. It's not like we're not trying to come out with these like big huge glaring things it's like you want to be a piston in the machine you don't want to be like look at me look at me look at me you just want to be a part of something and and that's sort of the way that that band functions is that Mm -hmm. everyone's sort of an equal piece and i think when you come at it from that perspective you get to you get to make up really fun little stuff that fits in in the moment and you're constantly listening to what's going on um and that's also something that that you have to be able to do is know that a it's not about you and b it's you know the sometimes the you know the less is more approach is the way to go um and then sometimes you come out with some big blasty horn part and it's great you Mm -hmm. know but you can't do that all night long 
the less is more dovetails into what I'm dying to say because I, I you've love... been so quiet for like yeah right <laughs> we you know it's a give and take right Seth I'm sorry what's that <laughs> <laughs> I just heard you talking I'm like oh, let me look I'm sorry it was all about me and then it wasn't about me so I I just <laughs> left Humphreys <laughs> McGee is one of my favorite bands sure I, if she if you haven't listened to the show there's no way she would know. Well, anyways, people are always... But by the way, that's, that's something we haven't come. We both say anyways. 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 Um, I understand that people... There's so much music in the world, people are always looking for a way to dismiss bands, right? Because mm-hmm. it's easy to sort it out. Oh, I hate them because of the... And, sure. Oh, yeah. And Umphrey's one is like frat rock and they're, they're, you know, metal jam band and all this kind of stuff. So when you go on the stage with them and mm-hmm. front them and sing Charday's No Ordinary Love and yeah. you guys just crush it, I mean, that's something I've sent around to so many... So many People whose oh, idea thanks. was that there, there had to be rehearsal involved in that one, please. The, right? <laughs> How does that come off? So, uh, there's a little bit, but not no, not a lot. We did it once at summer camp, um, and it was years ago. I mean, usually when I come out and do something with them, it's like balls in your face, barracuda, or something like that, where it's just like rah, crazy, right? Um, and, and not to say, I love that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great, but it's a little more expected, you right. know. Um, and we hadn't we hadn't done that shot one in, in I don't know, probably like eight years or something. But um, when we were talking about what to do in Vegas, everything seemed to be sort of just like really in your face that whole night, the whole program. And I was like, what if we just shut up for a minute and did this? And Bayless was like, oh. Thank you. So, yeah. You know. But most of the work gets done before you get there. It's like you learn the song and then you come together. You might run it once or you might not.
you know, as long as the person in 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 on the front lines knows the song well and can cue everybody else, that's also one of the things you have to be good at. Then everything um, else falls in place. Yeah, everybody else is they're monster musicians, so it's not you know anything's possible. Very disciplined too. Very, yeah, very. And pretty down to earth people, considering their level of. Yeah, yeah. I won't even make a joke. I, they're great. They're wonderful no, people. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I've known them for a very long time. They're, they're, awesome folks. What about sitting with fish? I guess the first time was uh, some Jay Z cover like twelve years ago or something. Let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then New Year's Eve this year. Hey, you can well, go back one. Susie go, yeah, you can go. Let's start at the Susie. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that other. Which do you don't want to talk about? The, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly which? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to leave that in, I have to explain myself because it's weird. If you're going to take it out. <laughs> we don't take it out. <laughs> you can explain yourself. Explain yourself. You're on the spot now. Uh, no, it's just funny that people still talk about that. He taped 14 pages of lyrics to the stage and was trying to... Never know. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it was just supposed to be a funny thing and people took it a little too seriously. I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm, I guess I'm not the fish fan I thought I was. You okay, are good. not an efficient researcher. Most of my fish shows are in the 90s, so I have an excuse. <laughs> uh, we, Seth and I... Well, how right. about Soul Live? Hey, hold on, hold on. Well, what? Let, I, well, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Go ahead. Andron from Oregon. Oh yes. Uh-huh. She, uh huh. At, she at at the, I think it was Panic of the Playa. We we were talking. She came up with an idea that there should be an all female band, which would which would be you, which would Cause, be her. Because I'm a girl. And, yes, you are a lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who else did we talk about that uh, that she brought up there? Do you have those notes? Well, we have just, well we brought up Jessica Laurie. Oh yeah, because I'm a freakazoid nice slip fan, mm-hmm. and she's played with them a bunch. Um, oh, on bass, I think you'll like the bass player. Rob. Alana from Silent Tribe Sector 9? That was my that, idea. That was you yours, had another one. Yes, yes. Uh, and I always kill her name. And Stra... And, and uh. I had Bonnie Payne as... No, no, no. And, Bonnie Payne and you could be the front women. Bonnie Payne's from Elephant Revival. Yep. And Stranza? Nick, Nikki on drums, of course. Uh, I mean, and Stranza? What was her name? Oh, Esperanza, Esperanza Spalding. Thank you. Oh, well, I can't yeah. get that. It's a hard name for me to say. Good I'm luck on her. Yeah. She's a little bit in demand. Yeah. Well, but that, I mean, seriously. Well, hold on a second. She played with Christian McBride. I think we can get something. He's actually out there. in concert with her as we speak. There you go. Christian and Esperanza? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's happening right now, you guys. What city? Coming Newark, New Jersey. At that beautiful performing arts center that mm-hmm. they yeah, They're doing a tribute to Wayne Shorter all weekend, and that was oh. one of the things that they were wow. they're bringing in Esperanza to. A little chat with him. So let's fly. So on. we did have an idea. I want to take this idea a little further, though. Okay. So you got you, all you ladies become make this make this a band, but you could do jazz. And would it, Rob? Is it okay if I say it? It was my idea. I, I hope she. I hope she likes this. You guys should cover "Bitches Brew," and be called "Bitches Brew." Or just be bitches playing bitches. It's really, fun. that was it. Bitches playing bitches. Brew. It's really offensive, you guys. Is it? We <laughs> <laughs> well, never know these days. Yeah, the window's <laughs> open. I'll be back. <laughs> hey, the window does open if you crack it. <sighs> hey, Seth, go look over here. <laughs> but seriously, why not a project mm-hmm. like that? I mean, the jam scene, and I'm—I I assure you, I'm no feminist. But sometimes it seems like the jam scene's a little lacking in the female presence. Well, I, yeah, I will say this, and I don't mean to come across any other way than the mean—the way I mean to come across. <laughs> but I don't. 
I I would never do something for novelty's sake. And I think mm-hmm. that women in music period, it's like somehow it becomes some fucking novelty and it's like, bro, we work just as hard or harder to prove ourselves than than you ever will have to without even thinking about it. We were having this conversation with with Trey a couple of days ago. And I said to him, I said, "Thank you first of all, he hired me so young and and was so immediately respectful of me as a musician period there was never any like she's a girl oh she's young she's good it wasn't like there was none of that it was like he just saw the musician he needed for his situation mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that I would ever ask of anybody I don't give a shit that I have a vagina you know what I mean it's like not a thing it's a thing to other people I guess but to to me it's like I'm just showing up to work just like any other woman shows up to work sure and so to to I totally get that that there are women who want to put an all-girl band together and I just wouldn't be something that I would would want to do on Based, based, on the, based on the fact that the, we're all women, you know what I mean? Like, Even I just, you're all really I, badass musicians. I mean, it would have to be re- like a lot of everyone just be so bad. Yeah, and but about. but it was just we <laughs> happen to be girls. I don't. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want to put the, a band together because uh-huh. we're all girls. Okay, and so. Anyway, but whatever. We that's that's just sort of where where I that that su- suggestion has been made time and time again, mm-hmm. and I and I understand that people might really like to see that, um, but I would I just wouldn't be in an all girl band for the sake of being in an all girl band. I think that's fucking weird. Sorry. No, and okay. I don't mean to say like no, sound like honesty. Yeah. We yeah. Love absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, mean, I just we I will like be to editing that part out. But okay. it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just because you swore. If you didn't swear, we wouldn't edit it out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, it's, I'm not trying to be holier no, than thou. No, in no, any way, it, it's just like, man, if, if you if you want to be respected like everybody else in this, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you have to carry yourself in a certain way, and and the novelty isn't how I carry myself, and and we it, it gets discussed all the time in in projects that I'm in, and like I said, we were we were just talking to Trey about it the other night, and he said, you know, I've never actually sat down and thought about that, that you guys would even have to deal with that. And Natalie has to deal with it more than I do because she's younger and cuter. <laughs> and so, you know, they want to have, like, bands want to hire her and put her in a short skirt and, like, a see-through dress and whatever they and have that? her straight yeah. up. There's a certain musician that um, rhymes with Potter that you could tell uh, as her career started going, the dress got, got shorter, shorter and shorter. It's, yeah. kind of, I call it, it's like the tree stub, you know, you kind of tell the ages by the rings. Sure. You're saying the name sure. rhymes with Potter. <laughs> Interestingly yes, enough. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... And, and if that's who she wants to be, that's fucking totally. great. Totally. It, I, I, I mean that. I want, I, I want you to understand that I mean that. Whatever is, is, is your authentic situation, please do that. No, I mean, I've, I've had it come back to me. I've had people ask me to grow my beard. And how do part. you feel about that? <sighs> Depends. You know, sometimes over the summer it's a little weird. Yeah. And you don't want to. No. I'm just and like, you're like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we get a tissue it. for... for but it's just a towel fine. It is good you bring up Grace because it kind of he didn't bring up Grace. Didn't bring up what? It, it dovetails into what you're saying though. Because <laughs> yes. I I think about when I'm at those shows that uh, okay I'm a heterosexual man she's attractive to look at it's fun sure. she's dancing but when she sits down at the oh, piano she's no I'm not yeah, saying you guys yeah. weren't saying this I'm just saying no I'm reiterating I'm finding that I just want to like she made me cry yeah. at Lockin once yeah. when when 
farmer with Warren had passed oh, and she told yeah, the whole story yeah, yeah, yeah. about how government mule took her on her wing particularly him and then she did I shall be released and um, with a little help from my friends and it was just it was really yeah. powerful She's and then I'm thinking why are you why are you dancing in a short shirt on the side of stage in the same rhythm and respective of what the rhythm of the music is you know you're a really talented musician so I think I see what you're saying that's exactly what I'm saying is that like you know those who can't might shorten their skirt she is not one of those she is she's grace is incredible she's a fantastic um but don't don't sell yourself short and do what everybody else thinks that you should be doing you know what i mean otherwise i will be in short skirts and weigh 110 pounds just because somebody else wanted me to you know what i mean but like if you're good at what you do just do who you are do Mm -hmm. who you are and do do what you want to do and do what makes you happy and keep pushing envelopes and doing creative things and doing things that nobody expects and you know it's Nobody knows how to get it done, but we all just kind of figure it out. Do you feel like Trayband does things that nobody expects as much today yeah. as they do? Yeah, no, I do. With the 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 work ethic of of him and that band is like is like nothing I've ever experienced. We just you know had a week of rehearsals before this tour started, and and you know you're talking about James is the latest addition and he's been there I don't know how many years, but for a while now where he knows all the material. But some of these guys go back. 15 18 years and so it's all this time of knowing this material and sitting with this material and still it's like you still find things to improve on every single song and every performance and we talk about that every day you know some bands have a sound check where they come in and they play one song and then and then they go screw off and see you at the show this band has a, a two and a half hour sound check every single day even if we play this the same venue twice really the next day it doesn't <clears throat> matter like you show up at three and we go three to five thirty and we we do things that we need we need to do we think we need to do we talk about last night we talked about some things that got fucked up we talked whatever it's like it's net it's always evolving and always growing and i i'm so inspired by that and you know he's he's like i'm sort of cursed with with always finding like the minutia of of doing it better the next time but mm-hmm. if you don't do that then you just you you can't evolve you know it's like was that even the case when Trey before he had his little hiatus or did that ethics slip away for a little while I think he he's so focused now that that's really come to the forefront um, but I mean back then yeah not so much and what about this experience is that uh How's that play out when you do your other projects now? Are you rehearsing them as much? And yeah, I mean, I I I take the prep work really seriously, and it's not to say that that you know you you, you don't always have the time to rehearse with everybody, mm-hmm. but you know my week is filled with whatever that weekend's gig is. So even though I might not have a gig till Friday, Monday through Friday morning, mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can to ensure that I know that I'm gonna be able to do my job that weekend so it's mm-hmm. not a lot of you know it is it's work <laughs> it's and, constant and what's work. going on with you and jeff coffin you guys have done some touring together and we have yeah we both um we both live in nashville and and um oh, i did pretty relationship live in nashville now mm-hmm. should be coming to atlanta more often i'm sorry <laughs> invite me uh, come he over will. for dinner anytime okay great we'll, we'll do the cooking you we'll guys also put together it. gigs right. yeah put together gigs at city winery yes well i did that one we did that one yeah we can do more um okay, okay. Jeff um i love jeff coffin jeff and i've been known each other for a long time and and rarely get to play together so um we, we both tour so much that being home at the same time or even in the same city at the same so we're time home. let's go rare. over to atlanta play yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but one of the things that jeff does that's so 
ah, it's so cool that nobody else does is that he'll just have hangs at a musical hangs at his house at 10 in the morning really? well, he'll call a bunch of people and be like you got some stuff you want to work out and it's like a workshop you go over there and and huh. you, sh- you 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 say okay i got this new song i need to work it out i need to you know and people just bring stuff in bring music in and we'll play through it and be like uh-huh. okay well that needs to get changed and then I, okay cool thanks guys and balance and like the next guy will come in it's the coolest that little workshop cool. ever and you cool. find that sort of you find that in high school and college, but usually in professional. Yeah, he's got that education, you know, educator he, mindset, absolutely. though. You know, like if he wasn't a, pro- a professional touring musician, he would be a professor. He would be amazing, and he is, and he, you know, he just does clinics all over yeah. the place and and teaches, and he's he's so brilliant at that. But man, can he play the sax too? It must be fun uh, situation to be home and just like, yeah, let's go over. Yeah, to, well, fun for me with Jeff Cobb, and I was at the Village Vanguard once seeing Joe Lovano. Oh, Joe Lovano, yeah. He's also an educator talking about mm-hmm. educators. And like. I go to the I go to the bar at the end of the show, and there's Jeff Goffin. Yeah. And we t- sh- talked about jazz. I actually shut up and mainly listened about jazz, because <laughs> I love jazz, but I don't know jazz like someone like you or Jeff Goffin does, so I like to wind you up and go. Yeah. And oh, my God. Yeah, he's fan. But what he's about Bela Fleck? You ever play with him? I have never played with Bela Fleck. We have ridden a couple airplanes together, and that's about it. Is he yeah. among the musicians you've not played with that you would most want to work yeah, with? Yeah, I'd love to play with him. Who are some other musicians you would want to work with that Stevie you haven't Wonder. Stevie Wonder is ah. the absolute top mm-hmm. of the list. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clancy, can you go ahead and give Stevie a call? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we interviewed Big Gigantic recently. You're a key part of their new record. Can you hey! talk about working with them? Of course. I love those guys. Um, yeah, we did two songs together for their new record. One became... Um, the f- very first promo for The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, so the ba- oh, it's the oh, wait a second. The Bachelor really be they, their music was on the iTunes yeah. ad, The yeah. Bachelor, and then also Game of Thrones. Who's their oh, publisher? Really? Yeah, they got the oh. uh, for the HBO preview, preview or whatever. Yeah, but, this was just the first promo that came out for the new Bachelor, which is now over. How, but I how got did they do I that? got an email from Baruch awesome. being like, "Hey, is it Ben that did it? Well, he's certainly we'll involved we'll in it. Nice. Ben Baruch, yeah." yeah. Is it Baruch? Baruch. 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 Hey, ben Baruch. you're you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once he comes on the show, I'll learn how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Barich. <laughs> hey, so Barich. So, yeah. so go on. Uh, yeah, no, so we did We did um, two songs. We did one of them a couple years ago. I got stuck in a snowstorm in Boulder and went over to Dom's studio and just sang a bunch of stuff, and he made a song about it, or with it, you know, in a year and a half or two years later, and he's like, hey, remember when you came and sang that stuff? I was going to ask. Made a song. Does that happen? So your voice it must be out there then in a lot of ways. Have you ever been somewhere where like, wait a second, it sounds like me? It's like Motion Potion <laughs> or someone just sampling you into something. No, it hasn't happened yet. It's gonna happen. I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. I just haven't heard it. And what about the Soul Live guys? They did that residency, and you jumped in a bunch on that. Is Soul that a group Live, that yeah. you can bring stuff to and say, hey, let's do this? And oh, sure, yeah, we've known each other forever too. Those guys are amazing. Um, but yeah, they do whatever it is 10 shows 16 shows i don't know yeah. some some utterly ridiculous amount of shows in a row at, at um brooklyn bowl mm. um but yeah we that's an open door that's like a tell us what you want to do kind of thing and i understand you and benny bloom are going to be doing a duet album this is the first time hearing of it but that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> also also down well ben do just texted me <laughs> <laughs> well definitely some more trade stuff what about that 70 volt parade now who was in it was that tony hall on bass who was it, in had, it went through a, a several incarnations and that was a di- was that a different intended different approach than trey ben was it um 
talk, talk about that and, and to what extent it was a success and to what extent you guys didn't think it worked the way it could have. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to uh, talk about that. Um, that was just at a really hard time, you know what I mean, um, in what was going on in his life. That's right. And uh, I, I sort of just forget... I don't, I don't, my feelings on it are, are not what my feelings are for the band now, so. You're in a better place now? We all are. You guys all juice together? We juice together, we sleep together in the same bunk, all eight of us. It's a little crowded. <laughs> Who reads the bedtime stories? Uh, Tony. Tony reads the bedtime stories. Is it one bus? You all on one bus? Or? No. We have a few buses. Well, they have the bus. They have the juice bus. We have the juice bus, the cuddle bus, the and, cuddle the, bus. and the crew bus. <laughs> the cuddle bus. Oh. And then Red's bus. There's Red's bus. They yeah. got a fish tank on the cuddle bus with, guess what? Cuddlefish. Cuddlefish. Wow. He totally <laughs> went there. What's Dave Grippo doing now? Uh, he's teaching at um, a high school in South Burlington. Still playing. Still being awesome. Still changing kids' lives on a daily basis. And he lost the taste for the road, right? Right. Yeah, I think he just... It's hard, man. It's hard when you have kids. It's hard when you have a real job. It's hard when you have kids. You know? It's hard. The whole thing is hard. You know, we don't have real jobs. You talked about uh, him being with the school system, you coming through it. Music in the schools, is that mean? Is that important to you? Is it, do you do anything to help support that? Yeah, do you go back to your old school and play and help I out? have. It's been a long time since I went back because um, my, my teacher has since retired. Um, and he was... God, he... He also changed so many kids' lives. I used to go back all the time when he was still there. Um, I haven't been back in a while, but I just got an email a couple of weeks ago saying we sure would like you to come through. So I'll have to do that. But yeah, but like, I, I mean, I think it's like for like fundraising and things like that, giving money back into the school system, really helping try to make a difference. We should do that. Can we do that? I'd love to. I Let's mean, I, I come from the school of music as well, and that's why I'm in the music industry. Yeah, and so it's something that's important to me. And, and now that I have a kid, I'm learning that. There's a lot less, like high, like high school band might not be a thing when he gets to high school. Yeah, and, and that's kind of scary that's because amazing. it's just like, I don't know. So that's yeah. something that's important to me. If it's yeah. important to you, we should definitely do yeah. something. What's scary do now is that the National Endowment for the Arts could go away or be greatly crippled. What are your thoughts on that? And how should we as a music community respond if something like that happens? I mean, you know, to people who don't understand what the arts bring to a kid or to an adult or mm-hmm. to it, just a a well-rounded human being I, I'm, I'm so sorry for you that you don't understand like that it's not just some fun things we should be allowed to have fun things <laughs> I'm yes. not saying that but like to you know it you know it, there's been so many studies that have shown that kids who play piano at a young age you know are using all parts of their brain when when you know, kids who don't play music are are not using it's it's mathematical, it's it's creative, it teaches kids confidence, it teaches, you know, people that being creative is it can be a way of life. It's all those things that, that I don't know, for me as a kid, it was all you know, nobody ever told me that I couldn't do something. And my happiness came from creating something whether it was putting on shows we used to write sketch comedy shows my brother and me when we were like 12 years old and we would rent out a space and we would you know get our friends together we would write sketches and we you know what i mean it yeah. wasn't just like we played in it's like the beginning of the you know? uh, that eddie murphy movie right <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? yeah 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 and so you know but it was always encouraged and 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 it was so essential to who we became as adults not just 
in the material but just in in that sort of creating together and camaraderie and giving us like a, a, an outlet and all of all those kinds of things learning and, how to work towards something yeah and 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 learning that like what we brought to the table that was uniquely us was the reason for the season you know like the thing that that we get so scared of now like at this point in my life it's like you worry about like if it's good enough and if it's like will people get it and all those kinds of things and it's like well it's kind of cooler if they don't because the 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 thing that's inside of me isn't inside of someone else and the thing that i have to offer nobody else has to offer and that's the scariest part right and but that that's that's sort of where i'm at and i i feel like when you take away the opportunity for so many kids to find out who they are through the arts, you're just really screwing a whole yeah, I think a, generation of folks. I think what a lot of parents don't realize, practicing and playing, playing an instrument isn't about playing it perfectly. No. You could be the worst player, yeah. but so long as you learn to practice and try, yeah. you are always going to get better. Yeah, always. And that's something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very true. Glad to hear. But <clears throat> what's our recourse if this happens? What should we as a music community do? And, uh, uh, you know, I'm not one to look to the big names in the music business and demand or expect things from them. But if the National Endowment of the Arts comes, people like your band leader, people like my boy Bob Weir, you know, we really need these people to step up. But what do they do? What, what I mean, benefit, benefit tour, uh, uh, consciousness awareness. But we have to respond. Yeah. And, <laughs> and not as, as victim, as a country of victims, but as, hey, here's what we're going to do now then instead. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you know, for, for me, it's that you, you, you keep doing what you're doing for, you know, there's, there's all this sort of talk right now about what the hell is going on and how it's all affecting us. And, you know, a lot of. 98% of my friends sort of think like me and and in in terms of what's going on in Washington right now um and you know but on a daily basis it's like it's like you have to just keep doing what you think is right and keep doing the thing that propels you to wake up every day and so if we all collectively do that thing it's like you know the more people that you get involved the harder it is to stop and and you become your sort of your own little army you know what i mean and and so i mean as far as i'm concerned it's like i'm going to continue doing everything that i do and whether that's being ignorant and pretending it's not happening or i'm not i'm not saying that quite but like you know i'm going to continue doing what i do every day and hope that it inspires other people and that's just like you know when i was a kid all i wanted to do I was lucky. I was lucky that I knew early on what I what I want what I was interested in and what I was good at. But as a kid all I wanted to do was do what I'm good at and make other people happy as a collective thing, not taking one away from the other, but like that what I could do could bring people joy and make them have a better day. What a beautiful thing that is. And and to me it's like if we all did that, we would all it, it, you know, it would make everything a little better. You'd raise the, oh, the, the vibration a little more yeah. each day. Stop being you know afraid. I mean? Get off your ass. Do something that you like. Yeah. Raise, raise the vibration of life. That's, the- that's it. I mean, you know, as, as heady as that sounds with my heady pass, by the way, my <laughs> laminate says heady. It's ah, not a joke. I, my van back in uh, 2000 when I traveled around the country for headjams.com. Thank you, Mark Reckler. Um, <laughs> that we called the, the van heady. Yeah. That was her name, heady. Heady. 
So yeah. you're the first guest who's ever we've ever had on who shares a best friend and a birthday with a previous guest. Oh, who's who, which dun, guest? Dun, dun. Callers, call in now. Who would that be, waiting, Jennifer? Waiting. <laughs> Um, the the man, the myth, the Jefferson Waffle. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, he actually flew from tour to Atlanta to do the show because it was one of our first shows, and we were having wow. a hard time getting guests. And at his own expense, what? He didn't even send me a bill, who's, which is really nice. Well, took yeah, me out to like, dinner for the pre-interview. Who's his manager? So went up to my took, hung out with my son wearing a sports coat. So now Daryl's there. <laughs> Daryl sometimes goes, Daddy, I want to get dapper. What do you mean? <laughs> Dude, I want to get dapper. Like Jefferson. Yeah, be- between- he says this. I'm not kidding. He puts that little sports coat. He wants to between Jefferson, Jefferson Waffle, Waffle and Jason Crosby, his son wears sports coats and is playing violin. Wow. This is true. Yeah. Crosby uh, talked about the, uh, the Suzuki method. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We got Daryl doing, wow. uh, doing cello. Good deal. He's, got rec- he's got his recital tomorrow. I mean, no, Sunday. Wow. Sunday. So I'm not going to be here Sunday. Good. At the Sweetwater 420 Festival. You're going to be Papa Bear I'm with your recital kid. Awesome. And the mutual best friend, who we call Plus 12 here at the show. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you've talked about her before. Yeah. Oh, she's a great person. She is a great person. And, and I've heard about what a great lacrosse person. I almost went, drove to lacrosse. North Carolina to see your coach. I've never driven to another state to see someone coach. Wow. Well, something came up. You coach? Oh, yeah. Well, Bill Belichick. Uh. <laughs> does that count? <laughs> yes, it does count. Okay. so counts. <laughs> yeah, he's not a very good coach. This is Atlanta, guys. Come on. Uh, well, no. Well, she's married to Chris Chu, wonderful bass player. He's the bestest. Where'd you guys meet? Man, we've known each other for sixteen years. Um, I first saw him at the first Bonnaroo, and uh, and we've been friends ever since. And then we've been together for the last I don't know four years or something. Because I teased you before the thing that I have a I have a Chris Chu story. And he oh, he wouldn't tell me what it was. Okay, hold on a second. Do you want to do a dramatic, cheesy Seth intro? Can I please? Sure. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's live in the hotel. Rob Turner with his chewy story. <sighs> Backstage at Christmas Jam about 10 years ago. And it's like 3, 3.30 in the morning, you know. He, he's already done playing, hanging out. It was one of those deals where a Jefferson Waffle had got me back, and he was doing interviews, and it was busy, and I didn't really know that many people. So we ended up in the corner. We were talking about all kinds of stuff. And they do like a breakfast thing at the end at five, six in the morning or whatever at Christmas Jam. If Trey Band would ever play, you'd know. Trey, play Christmas Jam, come on. With the Trey Band. Or that other band. Um, but anyways, so at one point I ask him, so are you going to stick around and go to this breakfast thing? He says, no, I'm driving to Mississippi to play in my mother's church tomorrow morning. How sweet is that? I was Floored. Yeah. Yeah. And with all this mayhem going on around everybody, it's still a party, even though it's Asheville and we're all, a lot of us are kind of old, you know, it's still going four in the morning. Chris Chu is thinking about getting to his mother's church to play. That, that speaks volumes. That's my good old Southern boy. Did you go to church with him? (laughs) That's my good old Southern boy. (laughs) You should. Southern churches are, are, I should. Oh, no, I know. I know. It's, we've discussed he hasn't found uh, since since we moved to Nashville. He hasn't found his perfect church yet. So when he the, does, I'll go. You should, they think there's a Temple Beth uh, Jerusalem there. Oh, you can take him there. Great, That's I will take him there with Baruch. I will go. I wish people thought that was me singing. <laughs> Wait, that was you. What are you talking about? This is not video. <laughs> Shit, do it again. <clears throat> he does a whole thing on it. Well, uh, listen to our um, Rosh Hashanah um, special, which will be aired this year, 2017, but really not 2017, like five 
1987. I'm Jewish. I don't even know what Jewish year it is. Okay. That's well, awful. That's You're a lousy Jew. Thank you. That's a Kirby enthusiasm reference for the PC police get <laughs> right, after me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, PC well, police who helped Trump get elected accidentally. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you, Jennifer, for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks Will for you come to Atlanta and do a residency at the City Winery sometime? I know someone that can help yeah, you with that. Yeah, I, d- I don't. I don't know. Could you? Um, you can stay at Seth's house. I, <laughs> the idea do I have to wear a sport coat? No. Well, if you if you want to sit next to Daryl, okay, I have to be dapper. And you're gonna meet my dog, Birdie. She would love you. Okay, great. She's little min pin terrier mix does she wear a sport coat what do you think about jazz uh jazz free shows uh, it's what? such a noise you have to say jazz free shows because if you said free jazz shows it'd be totally taken well, no, i'm free jazz no i'm shows. completely i don't know what you mean because on the one hand it's Sponsored. very welcoming and it exposes jazz to new people no but what's a jazz free show like, a, a show what? that doesn't have jazz no but. no when like <laughs> <laughs> like program <laughs> Like my, I love you, Pearl Jam. Like but that would be an example. Of Pearl Jam. Almost Unless every maybe, concert is going to be a jazz-free show. Maybe Porch is a little jazzy. At that point. All right. So what okay, he's clarify, saying, clarify, please. What he's saying is, when a city puts on a show where it plays jazz music, but there's no charge to you, the right. guest, the music, uh, mm-hmm. the the fan. So the one attendant. hand exposing jazz to new people. And the other hand, right? People are talking and drinking yeah. wine and with their um, lawn chairs. Yeah. I don't know. I think anything that brings a community get together is fine. You know. I don't know. I think we just said it, though. I, when I talked about Daryl and, and seeing the, the upright bassist and him being able to... It could be loud and talkative, but he's exposed to the music and yeah. he's excited. And so I think I for mean, the, the musicians kids, aren't doing it for bit. free. The city's paying them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like people are coming out for, for free to do that. All, the these years, all these years of my bitching about talking at shows, <laughs> she just said the sentence, the best response sentence <laughs> I've ever heard to it. Anything that brings a community together is fine. That's a good point. Thanks. Although, what if the community? What if it's really a quiet thing and the community's based on the music? Still, the community trumps it, and we're hearing that from an accomplished musician. Yeah, I mean, nobody, you know, whatever. People are going to talk at shows. Period. You go out. We did a show last night, and we ended with a completely a cappella um, song, and people are still. <laughs> through it you know <laughs> what I mean <laughs> of course it annoys me but yeah. it, if it makes you know they're clearly feeling something it, it might not be the way that I choose to express myself at a moment like that but if the spirit is moving them to woo that loud then you God mean, bless them you mean to tell me when your favorite song is no, being performed live that you don't just yell this is my favorite song oh my god you, and the, through the whole song you just are saying it's my favorite song you missed the song that's my Dave Matthews story during Satellite in Western 99 some girl behind a screen when he started Satellite and then proceeded to talk about how much she loved the song through the whole performance. and I like Dave Matthews but I'm not yeah. so much that that was annoying me so yeah. I thought that was hilarious yeah. now if she did that during Boots of Spanish Leather Dylan I would have backhanded her right well I think that's not also really allowed not really PC police that's a joke no that's allowed too well, on that note, we're going to leave everybody today. <laughs> on, on physical abuse, thanks <laughs> for joining us. Please, everybody, uh, go ahead and listen closely as we listen to Jennifer Hartwick and Christian McBride. Yes. I love this. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs>
Well, there you have it, Jennifer Hartswick. I still don't know the fish thing she was talking about. I was hoping... Uh, I talked to Scott Bernstein on the phone the other day. I was going to ask him, and I forgot. Yeah. It was a New Year's thing with the sheets on the stage, and she can't believe people are still talking about it. I don't, again, it's fish not, fans, it's help it's us not out. New Year's. You keep confusing it. I don't think she was saying help us that. Out. What was she talking about and, and that she's surprised that people still talk about? InsideOutWTNS at gmail.com. We'll give you credit on the show if you explain to us. It was the Jay-Z piece that you're talking about, right? I think, I think it was. Yeah, because New Year's and Jay-Z are two separate occasions. No, I think there's the Jay-Z at Brooklyn that you're thinking about, but I think there was another Jay-Z. No, there wasn't? I don't know. Well, folks, if you know, email us. At one, inside. You I'm know a, what? I'm Screw the fish- email thing. I'm a you can, 1.0 you can, guy. You can email us or just go ahead and Twitter us fish- and add inside out WTNS and send something Twitter-wise. Rob, tell them how to do that. Fish 1.0. Um, Twitter, it's inside out WTNS. And they can and you go put ahead that little and- at sign before it, and there you go. Boom. There we are. Boom. I'm I'm at R S T N E R and you're at Shimoner. 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 I'm not shy. I'm Shimon. And by the way, I'm from Jersey. I'm Shimoner. Do you know why they call? Do you know why my company's name is Shimon Presents? Did I pretend to care? Why? Or should I pretend? This is what I used to tell people all the time. Because when I'm near, Shimon's. So yeah, the story I wanted to tell you about Jennifer Hartswick uh, that she. In the beginning here, before we got into the story, who I could hang out with her, she's really cool and, uh, and fun. She does have totally restraining order, and I know, I know, I love her husband. I've hung out with him. He's a good dude. Yeah, he is a good. He's dude. a great dude. But the story about like when she left school and wasn't sure what she was going to do, and then she's just like, like, what am I going to do? And then the phone rings and it's Trey. Hey, it's Trey. No, that's my Jerry voice. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do the Trey voice. You're Mr. You're um, Captain Fish. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I can't do a Trey voice. I, 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 you know, what I mean, come on. What is that? You're putting me on the spot here, Rob. People are picking the phone up on me. So, anyway, Rob. My friend Jennifer, soon I'll see. What else do you got to say to their people? Well, you were talking about um, uh, there was a story that she told that you liked. I, I mean, just told it. What I liked is that. You know, whenever you do these interviews and people have come out of the way, you're never sure how the interview's really gone or how they're feeling, you know, or whether they're just being nice. But when she pulled out her iPod, it wasn't even her phone, was it her iPod? I don't know. She pulled out and she played a song from her forthcoming record that was just her and It was her phone. Christian. Play, yeah. Oh, man. That and was we a We can't say anything more. Well, I, I actually recorded it. You want to hear it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The room went silent. We were riveted. It's going to be the last track on the CD if it ever comes out. And we don't uh, even know if we're going to get music from it for this episode. Probably not. No, we're not. Um, not going to. But I can't wait to hear that. I mean, and the fact that Christian McBride picked up on on her awesomeness right away mm-hmm. speaks it all. Speaks it all, baby. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Love you, Christian. Hey, Christian, come on the show. Yeah. So the next episode will be... Uh, we're not sure yet. Let's, yeah, uh, we're throwing around different ideas. Uh, I, I'm feeling that we've put out the Zipper Club because they were incredible. And yeah, you guys, check out the Zipper Club. Um, it's, it's, they were at Shaky Knees Music Festival. And our next episode is... As a matter of fact, we, yeah, it's decided, Rob. Let's go ahead and do our next episode to cover Shaky Knees. We were there. We were media there. We've got a couple interviews. But let's go ahead and put out the Zipper Club sure. and do I a quick them. review of uh, Shaky Knees next week. Okay, you got it. I love Zipper Club. They really, they really got me. That, that, it was too bad their set wasn't longer. That's all. They yeah, play like forty minutes. Well, we always fly to Europe and see them. Bring it, send me there. Speaking of sending you there, where did Rob screw up? So we got two emails in the box. Shall we go through them? <clears throat> yes, read them out. Uh, Alicia Humphreys. Uh, this is on the Jared Watson. 
episode. I think I noticed the screw up in the Jared Watson episode. No idea if I'm too late. You start talking about Under the Water and actually describe the lyrics to Oxygen. Yes. Love this episode. It was awesome. I've loved Dirty Heads for a really, really long time. See, I'd been cramming. I had a week of Dirty Heads, and yes, that's exactly it. Those two songs right. jumbled into one, but those were the two most powerful songs and the two I most wanted to talk about. So yeah, I got flip-flopped on them. All right. Well, now, Rebecca Bradley, Uh-oh, did I Rebecca comes in and she says, so besides Sticky Vape not being a DJ... Right. <laughs> that's an okay. That was a happy accident. There was a couple things I noticed. Oh, Ooh, cool. oh boy. Perfect. Oh, finally getting great listeners. Uh, Remember, every- we love criticism. Bring it on every song besides the last one played was duddy b not jared singing ah now now that it's been brought up we requested a bunch of music and it was all we were given all different music and it was a pain in the ass just to get the music we got so i uh, i appreciate that criticism mm-hmm. because we had jared stuff chosen and stuff that actually related to the interview but um as friendly and warm as the band has been and they've actually already put the, the thing band's on management media. as well um yeah but just the label the, is the, that yeah label publishing it was a little bit more difficult extremely difficult than, i'm dealing with that in the timeless some difficult stuff but yeah. i'll have one guy working on my, on my behalf yeah stop moving that chair it's all squeaky and stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's the skinner fan oh my god so let me, going on with this email though uh, that oh, Rebecca sent. Yes, yes, yes. Also, the Scarlet Begonias referenced on That's All I Need was also Duddy's line, not Jared's. Anyway, it was a good show. Looking forward to checking out the rest. Becca Bradley. What's her name? Becca Bradley. Becca Bradley. Very good, careful listener. We need more listeners like you. Thank you so much for writing us. Now, Rob, you set the game. We had the two that e- emailed. Who's the winner? I think we can call the publicist and work out packages for both of them, can't we? Those are both very good responses. Hey, I've got although a, really the oxygen. I've got under a the package to give them. We've got look at look behind you in that storage closet filled with posters and merchandise. True, but we want something dirty heads centered. We'll figure it out by next episode. We'll have something figured out. All right, sounds good. Because I screwed up in the Jennifer Hartswick interview. So any of you fish fans listening, or Trey Band fans, or Jen, one of her countless other band fans, Jen Hartswick Band is one of them. That's that's. That's a title for you. Jen Hartswick Band. What more do you need? I did screw up one thing. Yes. T- don't tell us. You don't even know what it is, Seth. You, you wait and you're, <clears throat> our listeners will inform you again, just like they did this time. Hey, I'll take it. Um, folks, if you dig back deep into the Great Peacock episode, uh, you should. But uh, well, the reason why I'm even bringing it up is I want you guys to hear one tidbit that Rob... Saw First of all, their shaky week. knees set was awesome. It was at one thirty in the afternoon on Sunday, but it was awesome. There was your shirt on? I, it did remain on. But it, it was at that little side stage over in the corner right by the CNN Center. And, and even though it was one thirty in the afternoon, dude, there were hundreds of people there. It was awesome. Oh, that's great. And Tom Blankenship of My Morning Jacket, who's been recording with them, showed up and played a song. Didn't just play, but a very active bass. They jammed out a little, which as you've heard in our interview, Great Peacock has to be careful with that. Sorry about that, Seth. It's like I'm hooking up with this chair. We worry about the dog being loud. The dog's Uh, being quiet. The chair's being loud. Get out of here, you. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. up. (laughs) So, yeah, check out Great Peacock. and um, Tom Blankenship of My Morning Jacket. And their album should be coming out in October. Hopefully, we'll debut a track from it on Live for Live Music. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. I want to give a big thank you to Josh 
Thane, our sound engineer and engineer putting on the show. A big thank you also. And oh, by the way, Wonder Dog Sound Studios. Yes, that's right. Wonder Dog Sound Studios. And Rob Turner, I, I haven't thanked you in a while. I want to thank you, sir, not only for being an amazing researcher, because guys, Rob does the work. He is a phenomenal researcher. He pulls he pulls things it really out. Really paid off in Zipper Club. Uh, it really, really, really does. Um, but Rob's also puts a lot of time, sweat, and energy, and time <laughs> into producing each one of these shows. Uh, where the music goes, we don't really edit things, but we do edit as in adding music and what have you. So, Rob, thank you for all the and efforts. Thank you. And Seth's been working on some things that we can announce soon. Thank you for your efforts in that. We can't say it yet, but we've got some exciting stuff on the back burner. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back in two weeks with the Zipper Club. And one last Live for Live music thing, Main Squeeze, who we also interviewed uh, at Chicken Ease, and we'll have an episode coming. Uh, Kendall from Live for Live Music did a nice little story about how when they were stuck in traffic, they just jumped out of the car and started jamming on the street and filmed some of it. That's the way to handle traffic, Main Squeeze. Awesome. I remember there's a story uh, of uh, friends of mine who were, in, who were in the line at Coventry, which was a fish festival that was sort of a mess, uh, a little over close to 14, 15 years ago, and uh, my friends jumped out with grills and went up the road a little and then grilled, and the traffic was going so slowly that by the time the car came up just a few hundred feet, they had done and had burgers and ate and got right back in the car. So they grilled on the side of the road waiting a traffic at Coventry. That's what that main squeeze thing reminded me of. So any of you bands, if you ever get stuck in traffic, just get out and jam, man, and film it. Let's make that a new thing. Traffic jam jams. Traffic jam jams. We can all have to start having people cover stuff. Only wearing your jammies. Damn this traffic jam. How I hate to be late. Ah. See you in two weeks. Arrivederci.
falling down I'm breaking without a Fictional, mystical, maybe Spiritual, cure who appears in you To care of you and you're too crazy Lifeless to know the definition For what life is Priceless because I push you on the hype shit You like it, no smoke and righteous With one token sight Among you possession I ain't happy I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag I'm useless But not for long The future is coming I ain't happy Without that you'll make it Allow me to make this Childlike and measure rhythm You have it or you don't That's a fallacy I'm in them Every sprouting tree Every child of peace Every cloud of sea You see with your mind You'll see destruction And a mind's corruption And a sky from this fucking enterprise That I'm sucked into your life Through Russell now Here's most of the percussion He provides With me as you can You can see me now Cause you don't see with your eyes You perceive with your mind So I Stick around and wrestle be a mentor Bust a few ass Some motherfuckers remember what the third is I brought all this so you can survive When law is lawless Feel the sensations Think it's a Just remember that it's all in your
Oh, oh, oh.